following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, aloha, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee, Studio A, episode 363. It's happening here on this uh, data production of Sunday, as we usually do, <laughs> January 24th. It, it gets, man, this is the hottest, steaming, freshest pile of podcasts you'll ever get today, I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> it all happens the day it's released. And we got a good show for you this time out, too. It's a conversation we had with Robert Gordon uh, about his new book. And if you haven't, uh, if, you, if you missed it when it aired, this is your chance to actually kind of delve into the conversation that we had uh, Natalie was uh, in the studio with me as well as Mark Caldwell and just had a big old time uh, talking about this, uh, this, this great book. So that's uh, he's a historian. Y'all going to learn something this time out. Speaking of uh, learning stuff, uh, we've got um, we've got a bunch of great shows that are coming your way. Uh, great. Some great, fine, fun episodes, too, because we spent some time talking to some different people, you know. Uh, one of those that's coming up is the uh, the lovely uh, guitarist and uh, rocker all the way all the way all the way around uh, gal about town. Rue Star will join us. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Actor Steve Ham uh, is coming uh, in the weeks ahead. We'll also hear from uh, who else is on our list here? Uh, Jeff Krause and actor. Uh, no, I think we have. Do we have? Yeah, we had Jeff Krause. We have actor uh, uh, Stephen Ham. Steve Ham. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bassist among all bassists, Leland Sklar, will be joining the program in the weeks ahead too. So some good stuff is coming. It'll be a lot of fun. You should uh, you should uh, you know, bookmark us, subscribe to the show if you'd like, or don't and catch it as it comes around. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't get paid on subscriptions. I really don't. No, I just yeah, you know, it's just the listener counts. That's really what it's all about, kids. If you're gonna get a podcast, you know, don't whisper into the mic like I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, whatever. That's what's coming up. We'll pause here. We'll uh, we'll be back. We've got a great conversation with our friend, Mr. Robert Gordon. He's next, right up out of this break. You're listening to it here from Radioland. Wizards is corona-free and is your headquarters for your essential quarantine supplies. Their viral sale is happening right now with deals throughout the store. Get some sage to chase away the bad stuff. Incense, woodwick candles, decorative fans, and things to keep you busy while you're stuck at home. T-shirts, bandanas, hats, and more on sale right now. CBD, Kratom products, and personal cleansers for that job interview. Open 10 to 10 every day at 1999 Madison Avenue in Midtown or get it all delivered when you order online at wizardsmemphis.com. Wizards, because it's still smoking. Must be 18 or older to buy smoking-related products. Robert, how are you doing, buddy? Cheers, Rick. Cheers. Cheers Cheers to the blues, and congratulations on this updated and revised. It came from Memphis. Thank you. Thank you. Very pleased about it. Um, Beautiful-looking book. Beautiful-looking book. Well, as Natalie pointed out, it's all in color. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of it anyway. So tell us about the cover photo. Um, it was shot, it's just like, it is a, a woman who is a character in the book, uh, Marsha Hare, and it is a man she met in the parking lot, happens to be the parking lot at Poplar and Avalon, where the, uh, where the Home Depot is now. Yeah. Uh, there used to be a, uh, there was a, uh, supermarket there, and before that, the supermarket was a Zare. 
and you can see the Zare sign. Oh my God, them. Zare! I yes, forgotten Zare. totally about Zare. Off to the right of the Zare in the sign, like they sort of that was the model of their of their store in the. Uh, I guess this was probably 1976 or seven or eight, and um, and it is it's sort of a, a, an American Gothic looking image, you know, but it's a white woman and a black man, but they met in the parking lot, and uh, their friend had a camera, that guy's name is uh, is Tav Falco. <laughs> Tav. <laughs> That's awesome. So he's walking around here with a camera, and he shoots the shot, you know. They don't know the guy's name. Um, you know, I'm hoping someone will recognize him and let us know, but uh, yeah, it's a great, and I, I, I love, one of the things I love about the cover is that when they first introduced this cover, I thought, man, people are going to look at this book and think it's a actual 1970s book, you know, it had the, uh, I love that lettering at the top, it really evoked the era for me, so, uh, but yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I do too, and 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 I have to tell you that um, I read a little bit of the introduction before the show, and what I love, 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 is that you start out by saying that one of the reasons you did this book was for the ladies. Yes. So, so tell me, tell me about that. So after the when the book first came out twenty five years ago. Um, I would go around Memphis, you know, I had no expectations for the book, but uh, it did catch on, you know, and so locally I would go around and people would come up to me and go, hey man, it's a great book, but like, I wasn't in it and I should be in your book. <laughs> <laughs> what about you know, me, man? <laughs> your book's great, but, but, but me. So, uh, then hey, I got Rick, a letter in the mail. Maybe me and you can be in the next Maybe one. we can be in volume three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. So I got, a, I, got a, I got this letter in the mail uh, from Linda Crossway through Terry, whom I didn't know. And she said, uh, you write about the husband and wife puppet duo in your book. My book includes this, like, it, it's a book about Memphis music and it takes you out, way out into the world of all the arts. Jimmy Crossway was a puppeteer mm-hmm. and he and his wife, Linda, they... We've had Jimmy created, on the show before. Oh, great, great. They, they took this puppet show on the road in like 1966, traveling the South, making marionettes and doing a puppet show. And she says, I was the wife in the husband and wife duo you mentioned. Um, and then she says, my second husband did the Dewey Phillips research that, you know, you cite in your book. But, you know, my second husband, my first husband's mentioned, my second, I'm not mentioned. And then she said, uh, she cited Marion Keisker, the woman who uh, worked mm-hmm. with Sam mm-hmm. on record. Mm-hmm. And then she and then she cited Abigail Adams, who wrote John Adams when they were writing the Constitution. And she said, remember the ladies. And so I had like, you know, I had a couple opportunities 
to make minor changes in the presentation of the book over about 23 years, but I could never do, you know, not until now and a new publisher, we could do a whole new arrangement of the book. And so the first thing I did was I called, I got, I called Jimmy and said, Jimmy, can you introduce me to Linda? And, and you know, I said, I've got your letter. And, and I had replied to it at the time. That was the first thing I asked because back then there wasn't like, it wasn't email or anything, you know? And she said, I have replied and I was very nice. And so now we met and I talked to her and then a number of other women who were uh, in the scene, but um, who I hadn't gotten to interview in the first go round. So how how many how many you know, these are massive changes that went into this version of the book? Then I mean, you're talking about rearranging the book. I mean, you're just looking at no, whole no massive changes at all. No, it, but but I but I uh, I I've gotten kind of into uh, home, you know, uh, historical. Preservation, yeah, old homes and stuff, and so I think of it like I tried to let a little light in to the story where I could, and so I folded these interviews. I, I've feathered these interviews into the text of the book, um, where you know, so it's not a massive, it's not massive changes. What what is new and different is uh, I added a new chapter at the back about you know. The, the, uh, what's happened in the past quarter century and a uh, really massive kind of buying guide of how to keep up with all this stuff if you want to keep up. Yeah, it's it's one of the only books I, I would imagine you spent in your initial writing of this sitting down and just listening to this music over and over and just really kind of immersing yourself in the sound that, that, that came from here. Yes, exactly. It was, you know, it, it, it was like a great job to have. If someone's got to immerse themselves in the, in this music and make a narrative from it, I, I did. I, I like several times I was lost in the in the honor of it, you know, hoping for what it would be. Can, uh, can people still get the soundtrack, Robert? Yes, uh, I've seen it. It's uh, they're they're all available on um, the internet. Yeah, I, I put out one with the first book, which was 1995. I put out one with the second edition. So then it was like it came out through Favor and Favor, 95. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the other thing then, I was going to ask you. Because I have the 1995 copyright, and Mark was saying he thought that there were other editions since the new one. Simon Schuster did one in uh, around like the early 2000s. And we did another soundtrack then. And then in the mid-2000s, these really cool people from the Barbican Performing Arts Theater in London got in touch with me and we did like a month in London at this, and I got to go over and it was just, it was amazing. Uh, uh, a month in London of it came from Memphis uh, stuff and a label over there put out a third, it came from Memphis uh, CD. And they're all on the um, internet and I tried to pull from like really, you know, they're very, they're very wide ranging, and some of it, uh, and 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 it all will um, hopefully take you places you hadn't thought of going. 
<laughs> well, that's it's it's always it's always nice to get out into some new grounds with this sort of thing too, because you're going to attract another audience. You know, maybe something somebody who hasn't experienced the stuff that you've written about uh, about the music scene here in this town and 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 really how historically important it is on the music label. I mean, you know, heck, you got involved with Jack White for God's sake. Yeah, I would love to hear about that. Um, third man got in touch with me about wanting to do a book project and. That was it. That was about five or seven years ago, and uh, I said, "Oh, I'd love to do this collection of essays." And that book, that idea, and, and they said, "Okay, yeah, we'd love to do that." And I said, "I have to make arrangements with my existing publisher, you know." And uh, it turned out that they wanted the book, so. Uh, uh, Third Man had kind of provoked this great idea that they didn't get to do. And then I, I thought, hey, they might be interested in... Because my book looked like shit. I can cuss on the show, right? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Fucking A, buddy. Are you kidding me? So, so the book looked just terrible, you know? It looked like it was done on uh, a photocopier low on toner. And I said to Third Man, let's do the 25th anniversary is coming up. I've got Linda Crossway's Ritteri's letter that's been burning in my soul for 25 years burning in your soul i mean really i was it was this book had become a thing and and i thought oh let's make let's update it and and make it better and make it look good okay quick question and then we can move on uh, both of the books, I noticed that you dedicate to Tara, and mm-hmm. I, I assume that's Tara McAdams, but I don't know who that is. Can you can you tell me about her? That is my wife. Oh, okay. I was hoping that, but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know if it was another know. author or you know some no, inspiration no. person or what. That's his wife. So that's so sweet. I met. I met. So we are in. We are now in 2021, after 2021, everybody. I met Tara in 1979, in the fall. And uh, we began dating about 10 years later, and married about, I don't know. Oh, it took you so long. He was busy writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, she's my wife and and my and my inspiration. Oh, that's so sweet. That's awesome. No, that's, that's always good to have have that rock to uh, to stand upon, especially when you embark in something like this. I know I've, I've visited with several authors over the years, and and everybody's work process is a little bit different. But I I would imagine with you, once you when you dive into a topic, especially something as deep and and rich as as Memphis music, it can get almost overwhelming I would think absolutely um, but sort of making this story out of that is what is the fun part you know and yeah. getting to connect uh, you know the, uh, when I got the galley for this book the first time the advanced proof and I was walking it from my house in Midtown up to Huey's to give it to Lee Baker. Yeah. I had this panel because I thought, oh my God, have I like made up a story? 
that connects all these things in Memphis that don't really connect. I just, you know, in my mind, they did. And I'm now going to hand the book to Lee Baker. And he's going to go, what the fuck is this guy thinking? What are you making this shit up? What are you doing, man? What, what's not? <laughs> you know, it was a real, I had a real panic moment. And, and Lee called, you know, two, two or three days later and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I was so relieved. That's when I, I knew that I'd told a story, you know, that made that, that needed to be told. Sure. Yeah, I think the last time you were here, one of the one of the stories that stuck out of my mind is when you when you visited with Furry Lewis and the whole uh, ten high bourbon and the and the the Wendy's cheeseburger thing. I, for some reason, that still sticks in my memory as one of the funniest things I think I've ever heard. But that story's in this book too, isn't it? Yes, it is. But Rick, it's so funny because, <laughs> um, and it makes me feel great when what I think of when I was last on the show was talking about the uh, the. Thor Fidal story, where oh, yes. we got the where we were in his bedroom and had the drinks and you know it was also <laughs> so, so I love that that the contrast here it goes from. Gore to Furry. <laughs> well, it is. It's 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 a study in contrast. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a career. That is a career. <laughs> it's, it's 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 it was as if those two guys could sort of exist in one universe and really not at the same time. It's like a Schrodinger's type of thing. There, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> Let us play. Uh, some we we referred to those. We came from Memphis CDs. Yeah. And, and, on on the I think it's on the first volume. There's a one string guitar player called Moses Williams, and uh, and I heard him in the archive of the Center for Southern Folklore. Yes, I think he's he, he resides in Florida, but it's just a great example of a one string guitar player. And I have the tune with, here. Yeah, which way did my baby go? Which please play it for your. Well, Listeners. let's let's play it right now and uh, and and stick around, Robert. Where we'll continue chatting. Uh, we'll get into uh, this tune here. So uh, here you go. It's Moses Williams. Which way did my baby go? Right here at Radio Memphis. Mama, 
Williams, which way did my baby go? I love that. That's uh, uh, you know, Robert. When you when you when you come across tunes like these are rare recordings, aren't they? I mean, these aren't just available anywhere. I would no, no, no. Yes, I have not heard that available anywhere else. I came across that as a twelfth uh, grader in nineteen seventy nine in the archives of the Center for Southern Folklore, and I just always kept it in mind. Wow. And uh, and yeah, yeah, uh, uh, because it was. It was such a great, you know, I think the one string guitar, the idea of someone taking basically a bailing wire and putting it on the side of a house and saying, now I'm going to make music. Right. Man, it's like my favorite instrument. And then Natalie, can you hear it, you know? Absolutely. I, I mean, love it. You know, you have so many stories, and I wish we had more time to get into it tonight, about hanging out down, not only with Freddie Lewis, but going down in Mississippi and hanging out at juke joints that don't even exist anymore. And right. I love that, you know, when you're describing these stories, I can totally, it's almost like I'm there with you. I mean, you're, you're, you were in like, what, high school? Um when you're talking about I mean, some? some of these things, yes, that, that I got into it. I got lucky and sort of uh, fell into the uh, pothole in the street that led, you know, down to Alice's Wonderland beneath Memphis um, in the in the late seventies as a high school student, and um, and you know because of people like Fur Lewis and Mose Vinson and Van Zula Hunt. You know the musicians from here. It had it connected to. You know, I, I, I was able to connect to a tradition that went back. 
Were, um, were you ever in an aspiring musician yourself, or did you just, you know, always just dig the blues? I kind of recognized that my best instrument was the pen in my pocket. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I get that early on when you were in college, that's kind of how you were making a little bit of side money, was was doing that, right? Uh, yeah, in... Um, you know, the, I think the money came after college, but yeah, I, I got gigs. You know, I was able to get hired onto weekly newspapers as that was becoming a thing. Boy, nowadays things are different, aren't they? <laughs> when it comes to newspapers. Yeah, I know. It's very hard for me to understand, to, to, to keep up with what it, there's just so much out there now. It's so hard to keep up. With uh, back to the book here now, when you're going through some of these stories and these artists, and and is it was it was it sort of like a like a in a way not necessarily a Pandora's box, but one thing like led to another to another to another is like so you start talking about like say Alex Chilton, and it leads to Sid Selvage, or you know I mean how how does all of this keeping this straight? I'm still baffled by this idea of how you kept all of this in one frame without it just wandering all over the place. Okay, great question. I began it so. I began it as in my head as a series of, of, of independent essays. Right. You know, connected. Which is which now became the book. Memphis exactly. Rainforest. Yes, yes, yes. Chapter by yeah. chapter. I see that now that you're saying I love it. it. Which was so much fun for me. It's perfect. Like twenty three years after my like so so what happened was I was thinking of these things. I was like, I always wanted to I would go in bookstores and look for music books that had the index that would reference people I was Memphis people I was interested in and I wasn't finding it Jim Dickinson Alex Chilton Sid Selvage you know and so I, I, I decided that I had these interviews I'll just string them together and that'll be the book and a friend of mine Adam Miller 1979 in college you know goes hey man I, I think you've got more than that and and ultimately the idea of interconnecting it all happened, and um, and then 25 years later, I got to make this other book that was the expression of that original idea uh, by doing it by you know chapter by chapter, independently but interconnected. So I know in the original book. You know, a lot of that is from personal experience, from meeting artists, from going to shows, from being in Memphis. But at the same time, like how many interviews and how much research and how much time was spent going putting into the first book? How long did was it from start years to finish? And years and years and years and years. That's what I'm guessing. Like what? Uh, Seven, yeah, was, seven years? I mean, like, I mean, did, because did you always know you were going to write this book and were you taking notes no, all along I'm or? I'm saying it was like, it became, it, I did not. And, and because I did not, there was a long, slow ramp up to it. You know, I accumulated all this information and suddenly realized, oh, it took, but it took a long time. You sure, know, sure. 10 years doing the interviews to, to realize, oh, there's something bigger than just a string of essays here. This connects, and and then and then I began to write it, and 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 the first pass of the book, you know, just sort of like writing all the stories down. I laughed from what to do. 
in the third pass, I laughed from start to finish. Why was the second one painful? Oh, just, you know, I think that's the riderly process where you're going, you're like, you're having to really make, figure out, oh, this, how am I going to, how does this all connect? I've got all the fun stuff down. Now, how do I turn it into, how do I really do the nuts and bolts? All the mechanicals of it, just to make it, just to make it, yeah. make it fit. It's a harder, it's a harder pass. This would. This is one of those things that you'd expect a call from Ken Burns over. Quite frankly, that you know he should be calling oh, you up. Fuck it. Sorry. Hell yeah. <laughs> you should call up Robert I'm sorry, over here. But yeah. yeah but, you I mean, know, like, but, but it would be hard to shoot. The Cohen brothers. The Co <laughs> yes. I have been waiting yes. for years, twenty-five years, for the Cohen brothers to call me and say, you know, this is the book we've been looking for. I could see, I could see that. That would, that would be just, that would be genius, really, because there's, there's a lot of dark humor in all of this, you know. Yes, and dark. And dark. It's, it's, a lot of it's very dark. <laughs> it's, it's show. Business. A lot of it's very bizarre. So that a a uh, band that was traveling in a van could pick up the book and open to any page and go up or down one paragraph and find a start to a story that would last, you know, a paragraph or two or three, yeah. and that they would get a big kick out of. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. Definitely yeah, succeeded. Ken, we should just put the phone back down. Let's get the Cohen brothers on here. Well, we'll see if we can make <laughs> something happen for you, Robert. That, that would be something. Uh, Natalie's over here. She just keeps staring at this one page. What is it that you're looking at over but, here? I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm just looking at at a bunch of stuff. I mean, I mean. You uh, cheated and went to the end to see how it ends. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of comparing the Indians. The, the, the Indians? Indians? Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Sorry. The, the, you know, I'm the kind of person who, when I'm interested in a book, you know, for whatever reason, I will definitely go back to the back page first to see how it ends. Because by the time I've read the beginning and all through the book, I've already forgotten that I did that, right? So I, yeah. somehow in my mind, I always think if I like the ending page, I'm going to like the rest of the book. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know if other people do that, but so that's why I was just when Rick caught me. He 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 caught me comparing like the uh, last page of both books. Well, the, but, but you said they were different, Robert. Though didn't you? I mean, you, no, no, no. Tell us what's the last page. I don't recall. What's the last page of the new one? Well, in the in the new one, in the new one, naturally, he is talking about. Um, you know, the Dickinsons, you know, because he started out initially with the old book about Jim, which is, I mean, fantastic. I yeah. mean, anything about Jim Dickinson immediately is going to capture my attention. And I think anybody else that knows anything about Memphis music, that's going to capture your attention immediately. And so I was very happy to see that, you know, in the uh, new book at the end, he is still talking about the next generation which luther and cody you know if anybody hasn't already been turned on their music they need to immediately oh, north mississippi all stars out. and everything they've touched yes oh yeah. yeah so i mean you know and i and i love that he is always about that and he's always talking about that and he even mentions graham winchester which is yes yeah yeah winchester and, 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 yeah. and of course the bokeys and uh, Don Bryant, and I know you are a huge fan of Don Bryant. So, yeah, talk, talk about you know like your what you think about the future of Memphis. That's music. like a passing of the torch right here in the end yeah, of this book. Uh, talk about you know uh, the future of where you think the future of Memphis music is going to go. 
uh, or I any- feel very confident. I, I, I feel very confident about um, Memphis as a place that will inspire people to do things they hadn't thought of, you know, and to loosen their ways. I think Memphis kind of wants to just slow the groove and play a little behind the beat, or maybe it's a little in front of the beat, mess with the beat, swing with the beat, you know. Memphis wants you to, to be loose. And um, and I think that will always, that's what, you know, the, the, the idea of doing something different is what Memphis is about. And that will always be appealing. I live in uh, Cooper Young, and, you know, as I walk through the, through the neighborhood sometimes in the evenings, and you can hear the bands practicing still. I mean, right now, even during this pandemic, they're working. And it's neat what, to go. What do you mean, like just like out in their garages? Yeah, or they're in their garage or in their living room or wherever they're you know wherever they're playing, and you can just kind of hear it, you know coming through the through the window, and 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 it's you know it's like what Robert says. There's there's a very palpable thing about the the, the direction of the music, and and especially like Cooper Young has its own sound anyway. It's, it's a lot of that garage punky you know kind of off centered rock, which is beautiful. It's one of my favorites. But as you see it going on, even you know, since we've been on the air for nine years, and and as 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 I still hear new stuff coming, there is a slight shift in it to a point where they're just playing with it, they're having some fun, and they're and they're creating some very important pieces of music that are out there. And I think with the pandemic, you're going to see a, a, just a dearth, a flood of just new material that's just going to hit us all as soon as we get into a position where people are back into recording studios and back into a position where they can play this stuff live. And at least that's what I'm hoping. And I know you are too. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the young folks though i think there's going to be so much of a flood of regular professional musicians and people that maybe been doing some recording we don't know about and it's going to get out there and then they're going to all play but what about the young people what about you know i don't know you know where are they i think they're going to be lost in all this no they won't they won't i hope not no they're inspired i do think there's going to be a a you know everybody's been home so Everybody's been doing what they can do, you know, at home, which I think does mean a lot of writing, uh, whether it's writing songs or writing books or writing, you know, whatever. And that stuff, it is, there's going to be a big backup of it. Uh, are you when this is all over with? Are you going to do a big book tour, or are you already focused on writing another book? What What's going on with you these days? Um. Uh, very close to shopping a couple documentary films um, that we've been developing over, you know, the past couple of years, and 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 one actually both have been relatively little impacted by COVID. We've been sending out because we've been doing audio only interviews, so we send out a a recording kit you know, and do a backup recording over the internet simultaneously. And so we're able to proceed kind of, you know, it's slower, but able to proceed like we were, like we were unimpeded. But this is all work to get work. You know, it's like we're, we haven't been, these big documentaries that haven't been funded yet. Ah, so at least you're staying busy in all this. (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) Being busy has never been difficult. 
getting funded is always but, well <laughs> I, I hear you yeah it's easy to be busy yeah it's just the money yeah. uh, <laughs> you know the whiskey ain't gonna buy itself unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> i hear you uh congratulations on uh, the longevity of this book uh it came from memphis uh i believe uh at your website therobertgordon.com is a place where people can get it is it one of the places yes yes uh, uh yeah and uh and um I've been doing uh, signings through my local bookstore in Cooper Young, ah. uh, Burke's Bookstore. There's a they have a page where you can uh, ask for your books to be inscribed and in the comments, and and then I will inscribe your book accordingly. Absolutely, Burks is a it's a cool place. It's, well, I'm glad that that. that I, mean, I mean, you are so fascinating, and I love it. Anytime we have you on the show, and I and I wish we could talk for another hour, I really do. But before we take this break, um, am I understanding that you actually are on the radio now as well? Oh, you Tell got a radio gig. Tell what me about that. What are you doing? Yes, indeed. Uh, you, you know, I did a show on. Um, WBL, the local community radio station. Right. For a long time, I ended it right as I was uh, getting into the writing of this book. So I ended it about 25 years ago. I guess I probably did it, I don't know, five or 10 years. And um, and so now at the Crosstown radio station, they came on. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do. The thing is, I, I'm just doing an hour. You know, I remember as a kid when Johnny Carson went from 90 minutes to to an hour minutes. yeah and he said how much easier it was i was like oh get the get the hell out of here <laughs> that, <laughs> that one hour you don't get enough anytime it's just, just it's like that <laughs> hour is really easy and really fun yeah and so i'm really enjoying that over and and uh uh wyxr uh what is it uh hang on i'll tell you in a minute <laughs> 91.7 i think yes that i believe that is 91.7 yes fm um Idle hour Tuesdays, three to four. Well, there you go. Okay, cool. A couple of places to catch cool. up with them. Of course, uh, uh, therobertgordon.com. Stay in touch with all that stuff. Get the book. Uh, Absolutely. Robert, Robert, thank you so much. Uh, my friend, it's always good to see you and, uh, and have you on the program, even though we're doing it this way. But, you know, hey, better than nothing. Thank you, Robert. We love you so much. We want to have you on again as, as you know, anytime. Anytime you're willing, we are. We'll, we'll get the Cohen brothers on the line here before long, and we'll just have a big confab on the air and make something happen. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, next time we can have him actually here in the studio and all this COVID crap will be, you know, behind us. That'll be good. Well, that'd be nice. On our way out, um, I've got volumes one and two of of the It Came From Memphis soundtrack, if you will. Uh, let's, 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 have a, let's have another cut. Let's, let's go out with, a, with one. Well, okay, I think it's volume two. There's a mud boy in the neutrons, and this kind of loose recording. I, I can't remember the song that's on there. It's a gospel story song. News in Washington. Sorry. <clears throat> Maybe it's uh, disappeared on me, but. Uh, okay, no problem. Uh, see if you got another mud boy track. They do uh, Money Talks, uh, which is a Mac Rice song. So, guy wrote uh, Respect Yourself, wrote a great song called. Money talks. Hey, I, I, that I got. I've got money talks. Um, yeah, that other one. That's I money talks. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll rock instead of. So this is yeah. This is more. Uh, it's an, this is what the Rolling Stones would sound like if they had uh, grown up around the musicians instead of 
around the shellac recruitment. Ah, yeah, there you go. Well, and that's 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 what we'll go out on here with Mudboy and the Neutrons. Uh, Money Talks. Robert Gordon, thank you so very much. The book, it came from Memphis, available now, uh, and, and get you a copy and enjoy it. Thank you, sir. Thank you all. Thanks, great Robert. To, great to be on. All right, we'll see you. Cheers to the audience. Oh, yeah, they're cheered all right. There they are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. It's Mud Boy and the Neutrons. Right here. Radio Memphis.
day, someday, and I'm here to tell you today that it's still coming, baby. The big one is still coming, and I don't care who you are, I don't care where you are, listen to the sound of my voice tonight. You might be out there riding along in your automobile, you might be out there somewhere in the suburbs in Babylon. I want you to reach out, put your hand on the radio, I want you to let me know, can you feel it? Can you feel it? That's the cosmic countdown, baby. That's the tick-tock of time, and it's running out. Fair has got nothing to do with it. Fair's what you pay when you ride the bus. Fair's where you go when you want to see the pigs race. And it's just like Ma Rainey used to say, there ain't never been enough. And it's too damn This is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. A lot of us are making time to deepen our spiritual paths. The Broom Closet has a wide selection of books on spiritual topics and a huge selection of tarot and oracle cards for connecting with spirit and our higher selves. You can choose from our vast selection of gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry to enhance your spiritual journey. Check out our mindful living gifts and home decor to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at thebroomclosetmemphis.com. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so stay a minimum of six feet away from others and stay home if you can. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radioland with Rick Cheddar. The lovely Rue Star. Hi, Rue. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. I'm so, I butchered all that up. I've been drinking way too early today. That's all right. That's all right. I've heard a lot of this. <laughs> The, the greatest city in the world. You're in uh, New York City, is that right? That is correct. And to me, it is the greatest city of the world. We are a little wounded these days, but oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else during this time. And it's where my heart is. I am definitely a 212 in my blood. Oh, I hear you. I, uh, I, we've all watched, uh, you know, of course, down here in Memphis, we've 
And I can't say we've escaped any of it, but uh, uh, watching this pandemic unfold and what happened in New York was just astounding. It was yeah. shocking, quite frankly. And uh, yeah. I, I, did you get through it okay? Did are, are you still well, fine? Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm, well, there's that. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. See, they're complete with music. <laughs> Good stuff, too, don't you think? You know, I was sitting here looking at the calendar thinking, wow, perhaps this is the um, this is the last show of the month. It is not. <laughs> it would not be the case. There's five Sundays in the month of January. The 31st falls on uh, on a Sunday, which means we have uh, more great fun from uh, the uh, uh, for for the show as we uh, start. Uh, we, got, we got one more month. One, one more month. One more day of the month. One more show of the month. Uh, the fifth one of the month that'll be coming up, and uh, you've heard what's coming up in the next program, so that'll be a lot of fun. Well, I, I, I guess. <laughs> you know, who knows? Your mileage may vary. Of course, it'll be fun. Of course, it is. We're going to be checking, check, checking with, uh, checking in with the uh, Roostar, our, our, our new friend. She's lovely. She's a blast, and you'll hear some of her music from the Roulettes. Yes, it's got a great story about how all that happened. So, uh, there you go. That's what's uh, coming up next time on the program. Uh huh. So that's it. That's all I got. That's I'm done. Uh, whatever. Y'all be sweet. Y'all take care of yourselves. Uh, uh, take care of one another. And uh, for God's sake, don't shoot anybody. All right. I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radio Land. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.